Good evening, dummies. Matthew Spear from Don't Unfriend Me. Thank you for being here. Don't leave just because I said the word dummies. It's not an insult. I will explain it to you later. Usually I have the Don't Unfriend Me sign, but veterans for Glenn Youngkin. We have a very special election coming up in Virginia. We need to take back the gubernational. Let's get this on now. Republicans, please show up to the polls. Go vote for Glenn Youngkin. Stop the oppression of our children, the re-education of our children. Let's just slow some things down. Enough of the CRT. Folks, we're going to be talking about some things tonight. We are going to be talking about good versus evil. I've had many conversations with you about Republicans and Democrats, but I've never quite put it like this. It's going to be a show you want to watch. I call out the left for what they're doing, and I separate politics from things that shouldn't be partisan and just should be morally correct. But this isn't happening. We'll talk about it tonight in just a few minutes. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. I usually don't recognize and talk about chat, but there is a argument that I have to get involved in right now. They're asking uh, for my live audience, rye or corn when it comes to whiskey? How dare you? Bourbon is the only answer. Corn is the only answer. Rye is trash. Thank you very much, folks. What are we on? We are on episode 242. Tonight, we're going to be diving in a whole bunch of fun stuff. Stick with us. Please make sure you do. We're on live at 830 uh, every night, Eastern Standard, Monday through Friday. You can also follow me on at Don't Unfriend Me Show on all social media. We're on every podcast. We are on uh, YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on Twitter. We are on uh, Facebook. Instagram, just about everything. Go ahead and give me a like, follow, share, and subscribe. It makes a huge difference if you would. I appreciate it. Mucho. I also said I would owe you a little conversation about dummies. Dummies are the don't unfriend me's. Who are they? It's you. Whether you've watched one episode or you've watched 242 after this one concludes, you are officially a dummy. It's an acronym. Don't unfriend me. It's not an insult. It's a clever play on words. Embrace it. Love it. Call yourself a dummy and vote for Glenn Youngkin. God will save a puppy if you do. We're going to go over the show tonight. Should take about 15 minutes and then we will get back to our live audience. Thank you so much for being here tonight, folks. As I scroll fervently through my notes It's now about good versus evil. Last night, I was called a racist for the first time in my life. I was on my live show in what I was hoping to be a balanced discussion from a viewer who made a claim that black people were superior and and they were the true founders of America. We engaged in discussion. It's more like a version of a discussion, if you can call it that. In one fell swoop, I was called a racist simply because the color of my skin. There was no other reason. I continually asked what actions I demonstrated that led him to believe that, and there was no clear answer at the time. As I listened to him speak, I made several points about his intellect, his education, and ability to formulate arguments. No matter how delusional they may have been, they were compliments, but to no avail could I have any reciprocity. There was no give and take. No matter what counterpoints I made, no matter how much sense came from my arguments, how hatred and loathing for me 
was simply about my color and nothing to do with my character. I have seen this before in my life several times from some family members. When speaking about African Americans, I saw things like this overseas in the Middle East and other countries, but never directed at me. In a word, it was unnerving. I felt a few things, regret, remorse, and most importantly, I felt the presence of unadulterated evil. Although the man stated that African Americans can never be racist, it was obvious from his disposition that he was indeed full of hate for me and everyone else who was white. If that isn't racism, then I don't know what is. Throughout, I understood his anger and did little to discount the inequities that African Americans faced, but the sheer amount of denial and reprehensible rhetoric was simply shocking and downright disgusting. Where have we went wrong as a society? That skin color matters so much. Democrats, ask why millions of Americans repudiated your party in favor of what you call repugnant and divisive Donald Trump. Could the answer be an equally divisive Democratic Party? Columnist Jonah Goldberg makes this point, alternating between parties that want to unify a vast and diverse country under one best way is a recipe for perpetual strife, end quote. The Democratic Party would do well to listen. The far right wing requires eradication. I've said that many times. And progressive reform requires broad support. But the path to that end is not through the left's short-sighted alienation of moderate and conservative voters. Claiming the moral imperative. Historically, one side defining good for its own purposes and assigning evil to the opposition has led to social violence. Yet, this is what I'm going to do tonight. The inflexible right makes might of Dems minimizes opportunity for compromise. When Trump won, leftists rampaged the streets, randomly destroying innocent citizens' property. Democrats began impeachment immediately. They touted eliminating the Electoral College and packing the Supreme Court and Senate. If leftists resort to violence whenever unhappy with electoral results, and if the Democratic Party alters time-worn American institutions to guarantee its own political supremacy, citizens who respect peace and democracy will resist. And that is what we're beginning to do. Being divisive, elitist, and hypocritical. The right didn't elect Donald Trump. The left did. Hillary Clinton called millions of voters deplorable. Democrats everywhere cheered her statement. Conservatives were callously called Trumpies. Some were intimidated in the workplace, even fired, and the left celebrated. Moderates perceive such leftist tactics as threatening and humiliating and arrogant toward those with differing viewpoints, leaving them resentful of the party and its agenda. Being partisan in the press... Did CNN dedicate the same coverage to the Obama administration's treatment of families at the Mexican border that it did to the Trump administration for the same behaviors, or currently the Biden administration? The scope of challenges to questionable policy shouldn't be determined by political party. Many don't seek the news for political preferences of editors and columnists. We desire nonpartisan analysis of events. Single perspective news outlets limit the perspective of citizens and foster intolerant outlooks. Lumping conservatives in with supremacist right-wingers, as some Dems have suggested, is anyone who supports Donald Trump a racist? 
Well, how about black people who support him? Are they traitors and racist to their race? Are women who voted for him insensitive to rape and sexism? If Republican voters can be generically demonized, then so much for the freedom of citizens to decide which party they favor. Can one not detest Donald Trump but fear the liberal agenda more? Generalizing racist and other discriminatory intent over political preferences only decreases the opportunity for collaboration. Humane treatment at the border and making refugee homelands less violent, it must happen. Can America economically or culturally sustain millions of impoverished impoverished immigrants? The Democratic Party's failure to sponsor reasonable immigration and reform fuels perceptions that the left wants uncontrolled immigration to offset the loss of voters and the disillusioned within its agenda. Americans fear how much factions in the Democratic Party might change America. Policing your own ranks is important. Cease throwing divisionary blame at the other side. Accept partial responsibility for the divisiveness in this country. Admit the failures of urban Democratic administrations to meaningfully elevate the impoverished in their cities. Acknowledge corruption in Democratic-led cities. Start practicing democracy. The intolerance of the left to opposing thoughts smacks tyrannical. Single-party dominance and democracy never coexist. Single parties always fracture, except in totalitarian states, and the dictator is removed. Mr. Trump did fail to separate himself from the incorrigible violent rightists and the frightening and alienating many moderates in in, in instead. It doesn't mean that Donald Trump are those things. It means that he should have, and he did denounce them plenty of times, but simply not enough for the Democratic Party and the left. They need to separate themselves from the incorrigible, violent leftist change agents that are prominent in their party now. How many voters turned away from the party because of that element of BLM and Antifa and socialism? Respecting national institutions is important and accept that progressive reform can occur without extremism. Disavow violence and destruction, whoever commits it. Work within the constitutional process rather than dismantle the electoral, judicial, and senatorial institutions to guarantee the electability of Democrats and the success of your own party initiatives. If the Democrats are smart, Donald Trump will not return in four years to run, but he will still have an influence in this party for generations. But their excuse for gridlocked, governing erased, the Democratic Party should appeal to the broad base of Americans. Restricting opinions the party will entertain won't accomplish that. Moderate invitational dialogue might. Preachings and practices attributed to the Democrats by the right may be apocryphal. But liberal behaviors must serve to dispatch those perceptions. It moderates, not reinforce them. Millions did not vote Democratic despite a severe distaste for Trump, because the Democratic Party's public behavior has too frequently been violent and divisive and hypocritical and threatening. I have been hard on the right during my show, but this is calling out something very different than right or wrong. Those are just some of the things that continue to be about what is being espoused as right versus wrong And that's all it's about. But there is a dreary undertone and a force brewing within the Democratic Party that is something far more sinister. Good versus evil. 
I know that is extreme, and I also know the weight of my words, but there is a clear delineation between where the Democratic Party once was and where it is today. First, you have to differentiate between leftists of today and the old-style Democrats. An example would be JFK. He would be considered right-wing by today's leftists. JFK advocated for the space program. His foreign policy was nation-building and intervention. See Cuba and Vietnam. He believed in American exceptionalism, not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He believed in civil rights for all, but under the Constitution. He was anti-communist, the Berlin Wall. By contrast, today's far left believe that the government should enforce any crazy idea they come up with, including non-compliance within the law about sanctuary cities, legal elections, and non-enforcement of duly enacted laws. In the 1960s, a popular saying was, if it feels right, just do it. Well, it seems that today's left, as evidenced by the Democratic Party, actually believes that. Rather than repeal or changing bad laws or enact laws that codify these extreme positions, they simply demand that their ideas be followed, even by the majority that oppose them. They vilify anybody that opposes them. New Democrats are created by our failed public education system where children are taught the correct way to think at the expense of time spent on real education. Is it any wonder that a large percentage of new college attendees require remedial education to bring their education up to high school standards? Take the time to find and read an old high school textbooks. Kids years ago were expected to know facts, something about the world around them. The colleges of today do not produce well-rounded citizens. While colleges traditionally were places that not only taught facts and implanted ideas on how to think, these goals have been inverted. Today, opposition to the party line is shouted down, dissent is discouraged, and to graduate, initiative is not allowed. Toe the party line of college professors with no experience in the real world only. Fortunately, in their overreach, today's Democrats have succeeded in wrecking their own party. They have lost the support of labor, once the linchpin in their power. Immigrants have abandoned them. They came here to get away from big government and want no part of it here. By advocating for abortion, they kill off millions of their future voters. They are reduced to vilifying the very people and system that can help them out, as Will Rogers once quipped, I belong to no organized party. I'm a Democrat. What do they have to do to regain credibility? They have to lose the far left. The centrists will more than make up for the loss of radicals. Obama lost the House and the Senate, and Hillary was defeated. Their impeachment called for by the resistance was initiated even before Trump was inaugurated. Much as people may not like Trump, they like what he has brought them, a strong economy, less government intrusion, and an effort to drain the swamp that Washington has become. But it's all for naught now after nine months of Joe Biden. The Democratic Party has directed all of its invective against Trump personally and failed miserably. They failed to notice that when he was in office, Trump's poll numbers hovered around 50%. The approval rate of Congress is in the 20th percentile indicative of the loss of confidence by the American public in that body of extremists. This is why so many older people move to the center or right side of the aisle when they start to form families and careers. Reason and life experience, which taught me by the time I turned 45, that the defining doctrines of all of the Democratic Party, collectivism and centralization of power in the hands of the government, never worked, didn't work, and couldn't work, 
because they denied basic human nature to exist. They were great theories in the ivory towers of academia. They were, unfortunately, utopian lies. They lifted no one and pulled down everyone. I believe in discourse, and I think that there needs to be a balance to government. But the lines have been blurred, and we are no longer fighting a battle between ideologies. We are fighting for our very way of existence. When the lockdowns happened, there was no conversation. There was nothing that even resembled democracy. We locked it down under pressure from the left and the constant call for action without merit. We have been stuffed away, poked, masked, and sworn to humiliation unless we comply. Questions are not warranted or wanted. We are not the party who has murdered 60 million babies in the USA, where nearly half of pregnancies are unintended and 4 in 10 of these are terminated by abortion. There are over 3,000 abortions a day, and 22% of all pregnancies in the U.S., excluding miscarriages, end in abortion. And although that most people agree that unfettered abortions are cruel and inherently evil, this much continues to undermine the public. This is the trend since 1978 as abortion rates have been dropping, which signifies the population's decree. We are not the party who is implementing CRT and false versions of history in an effort to paint our entire country as racist or demonstrable. We're not looting and burning the streets when things don't go our way and then lumping millions of people in with the acts of a handful on January 6th. We are not the party who has demonized religion and persecuted Christians online in the bully pulpit and in our classrooms. We're not tearing down history and desecrating our nation's colors. We're not selling our country to China at the highest bidder. We're not allowing far-right politicians among us. We are not. Yet socialists and progressives and anti-Semites are torrent throughout the Democratic House and Senate. We're not the party trampling the Constitution. We didn't lock down to put businesses out of business while increasing unemployment so they could blame Donald Trump and pretend it was only his fault. We didn't support Muslim terrorism, helping Iran finance terrorism and nukes with secret plane loads of cash, then getting caught doing it and pretending it was all above board. We didn't let Benghazi burn when a simple flyover would have scattered the terrorists, letting four Americans die, including an ambassador, and then sending an ambassador who was a homosexual in Chris Stevens to a country that has fundamentalist Muslims who hate homosexuals was not only dangerous, as we saw, but irresponsible. Hillary never responding to months-long requests for additional security from Stevens, while every other European country pulled all their staff out of Libya due to the lack of adequate security. Pretending Benghazi was all the fault of an obscure filmmaker's 13-minute trailer that had never been translated into Arabic. Promoting massive incarceration of blacks initiated by Biden and Bill Clinton, then continued with Obama, reversed only with Trump's signing of the First Step Act and pardoning and commuting sentence of blacks. The cancel culture and removing anyone that has said anything or done anything that they do not agree with, even if the standard was made up on the spot. The no rules but the ones we make up approach is devastating to voicing opposition and general discourse. The trampling of the Constitution and the censorship of anyone who disagrees with them. The nonsense with the woke culture and the systemic indoctrination of our children in the 1619 Project. These are not partisan issues. These are as real and in-your-face as you can get. This isn't Fox News. This isn't CNN. This is the truth. 
The excuse is that this is a small minority of people no longer stands up. Millions marched and looted and rioted. Tens of thousands tore down statues and beat up opposition to their demands. Millions of voices are being silenced or berated for simply asking questions about a vaccine or how it is possible that accountability in our government is non-existent. But the reins of tyrannical rule are continuing to tighten around our throats. The Democratic Party is no longer the party of the laborer and the underprivileged. It's the party of the elites and the morally corrupt. This is a fight between good and evil, and no longer can we stand idly by and watch our country be destroyed from within. I learned a long time ago that Democrats call others what they are themselves. It is old, and it's a worn tactic that is predictable as the sunrise. And now they're doing it yet again, naming parents who oppose the school boards as domestic terrorists. Democrats have espoused many titles on us over the years. Rednecks, Bible thumpers, racist, xenophobic, deplorable, gun grabbers, the flyover country, sexist, toxic, insurrectionist. We have listened and you have been weighed and measured based on your actions. The Democratic Party is no longer the party for America. You have become the party that hates America. And this will continue to be true until you castigate these zealots out of your ranks like Republicans did with the Tea Party in 2014. We are not perfect. We are not always the best reflection of ourselves. We sometimes say the wrong thing or may jump to conclusions. We lead slower lives and sometimes talk with a draw. We are many things. What we are not is evil. And the Democratic Party has had a firm grip on that party platform for a very long time. And it's about time someone said it. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for listening to Don't Unfriend Me. That concludes episode 242. If it was not your cup of tea, you didn't like it, that's okay. We can agree. We can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. Just don't unfriend me. Going out on the note, Veteran Crisis Hotline, 22 veterans commit suicide a day. PTS is very, very real. So is traumatic brain injury, depression, and anxiety. Veterans suffer from it when they come home and they're not getting the help they need. Please reach out to a vet, especially with the holidays fast approaching. That number climbs up during these months. Please do me a favor. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, leave them below. I will try to reach out to you if you have any help with this. Remember that everything that you say on the Veteran Crisis Hotline is absolutely confidential, and it doesn't matter whether you're a veteran. If you are a civilian, you can reach out to them. If you need help, they'll find the right person for you. Folks, stick around. I'm going to get through all your comments on live. I know there's some people who have some things to say, and I would love to get to all of them. Thank you for watching. We are live at 8.30 Eastern. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe so you can stay tuned. God bless you, and God bless America. I'll be right back.